Stretman. Okay. We're live. Now to play the intro. And that's when the Xanax kicked in. <laughs> uh, this is this is a podcast. It's the Reeton podcast, but Nathan's not here, so fuck him. Whoa. Yeah, I guess you're right. So, uh, it switched over here. So you got you got all them stories, don't you? I suppose I do have all them stories. Yeah, do you want me to start sure. with one of them stories? Well. I'm just making sure you got them. I guess, yeah, I uh... Okay. How do we normally do this? We we, we say, hello, welcome to the Nathan Entertainment Podcast. I'm your Nathan, Reeton. And joining me this week is Nathan Aroa McFain Spruth. Uh, hey, I'm Nathan Aroa McFain Spruce. We, <laughs> we've got Connor, uh, the nemesis... Punk. Um, Connor, I don't know. I, I normally we say what games we've been playing. I don't play video games. Uh, video games are for losers. Have you been playing any games? Yeah, um, I've been playing Dungeons and Dragons. That's that's what game I've been playing. Wow. Um, I I run a game for my friends on Saturday, and what then I play in a podcast <laughs> on Sundays. Uh, you can check us out at Clinton's Core Classics, a role mongers podcast. Well, that's our podcast for this week. No video games here. <laughs> um, yeah, I've I've been playing Fate Go because I'm a casual bitch. So, is it good? I don't really it's know. It's a anything mobile about game. It. Yeah. So no. Okay. You uh, yeah, you collect uh, waifus, and then you uh, use them to fight other waifus. Oh, so it's it's Pokemon, but if like the the deviant art side of Pokemon was the game, kinda it's a gotcha game too. So like the whole thing is made up of microtransactions. That just sounds horrible. Well, I can't stop playing it. Speaking of microtransactions, I actually did get a new game this week. I was talking to our friend Nathan during the stream, and I was like, "Hey, that Okami game just came out." Is it worth 30 bucks? And he's like, uh, yeah, it's really good. And then it went on sale, and I was like, hey, is this Okami game worth 20 bucks? And he's like, I already told you, yes, get it. Whoa. Uh, I was I was playing around with my, my Nintendo Fun Bucks, those gold coins you get. It's like two bucks right now. Should I get it? And you'll never guess what I did with it. You bought Call of Duty? Uh, no, I bought Okami HD for like two bucks. Oh. It's definitely worth it. Yeah. Okami is one of the best Zelda games ever made. It definitely feels like Zelda. Zelda with lots and lots of bosses when you're trying to get from point A to point B. Not bosses, just annoying fights, kind of. Random battles. It's it's bad. Yeah. I'm surprised but, they, didn't, they didn't do anything about that. What, 
the HD remakes. There, I, I'm, I am having fun for what it's worth, but there were some modernizations they could have done. The chat is way too slow. Um, can you can you do the drawing thing with the touch screen? Yes. Uh, you could also do it with Joy Cons. I haven't really had a chance to play this game either in handheld mode or without the use of a pro controller, so I'm not really sure how well it works yet. That's doing with the controller kind of sucks. It was it was originally a PS2 game, so I mean, it was okay back then. It, it was one of the coolest things, but also most frustrating things about it. It's neat, but I spent like ten minutes trying to draw a bomb next to a cliff because every time I drew it, it would be really close and the dude would be like, okay, now do it again, but closer. <laughs> and the uh, the Wii version is the one that I wish I would have played. I, I feel like doing it with the with the, you know... The Joy-Cons? Yeah, no, the, what, the, the Wiimote. Wii remote. That's what they called it. Yeah, doing it with the Wiimote might have been, might have been neat. Yeah, I... I I don't know. I've been thinking maybe it would just be worth it to try undocking or either undocking it or just playing with the Joy Cons. I'm I'll give it a shot and maybe update next podcast. I don't know. Yeah. See how much I care. Yeah. Well, um okay. So what are we gonna talk about first? I don't know how Nathan decides this shit. Let's talk about Rockstar. That's fine. That's trendy. Rockstar Sure are. Rockstar makes the Red Dead Redemption 2. That's coming out in five days, I think. I don't think that's right. No, it's yeah, it's five days. Comes out really? the 20th. Yep, this Friday. Oh, shucks. That's yeah. soon. No wonder their marketing has been on, like, Blitzkrieg mode. Yeah, I'm not going to buy it. No, it's not on PC. Why, why would I bother? Precisely. Uh, but... Uh, thanks to its popularity, we get a little insight into the fact that, uh, yeah, video games cost a lot more than just money to make. They cost uh, human lives uh, oh, yeah. in the form uh, of 100-hour work weeks. Which is really just the best side effect of capitalism. But, I mean, just thinking back a couple episodes ago when we were talking about the people who basically had their rugs pulled out from under them over our friends at whoever the hell made the Telltale games. Telltale, that's the studio. Ah. I mean, just thinking about them just being like, don't don't waste your life in, with video games. They, they won't care for you afterwards. I don't understand how people can go ahead and do what Rockstar claims they do. Uh, of course, being 100-hour work weeks. Yeah, um, so... A lot of people were freaking out about the fact that ro- there was a thing that came out saying Rockstar had developers working 100-hour work weeks to make Red Dead 2 happen. Um, and now there's been some stuff come out of Rockstar saying, look, yes, some people worked 100-hour work weeks. They did it because they wanted to because they love making video games. So shut up. And... There's there's a little bit of fairness to that. Um, we see stories sometimes come out about crunch still being very prevalent in the games industry. Uh, supposedly, EA does that a lot. And most most companies put their developers in a state of crunch where you're working you're working twenty hours a day or whatever, uh, trying to cram out this game. 
that really needs another six months of development, but you're going to get it out in three weeks. So, I, I don't necessarily think that it's a good thing that uh, we're, we're normalizing this sort of thing. Uh, individuals doing doing game dev work, I get that they they can love their jobs. And and they they could really care about what they're doing, they're making. But it's it's one thing to love your job, and another thing to maybe I, I don't know be be afraid of not being seen as good enough, which I think is is a possibility of some of these people. Uh, I've heard stories about working in uh, quality assurance for video game companies. Uh, being a games tester, as it is so often called. And what'll happen a lot of times uh, is game testers will work for, like, upwards of, of 10 hours a day uh, outside of their normal scheduled working time, unpaid, because they're obviously not going to get overtime, just because they're so desperate to actually be brought onto the team as a developer or whatever, that they they're destroying themselves to do that, and I tend to wonder if 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 especially if you're on a team like Rockstar, where you're making these typically groundbreaking games, is there not some pressure there to be like, well, I work for Rockstar, I have to do this, I have to to throw away an extra 60 hours out of my week to do whatever the hell I'm doing. So, I mean, on one hand, I, I, I do think it's, if it's your 60 plus hours a week that you, if you want to dedicate it to the job, I don't feel like anyone should really be able to, to step in and be like, no, you, you can't do that. But on the other hand, that's, I, I mean, isn't workaholism, especially in, the video game industry, something that really needs to be watched out for. Not only just on the side of you're going to burn yourself out doing that sort of thing, but also on the side of, as I brought up before, it doesn't necessarily always get rewarded in the way that you would think it does. Right. And that's, it, there's, there's definitely a societal thing to, uh, to look at with this sort of behavior because we look at uh, loot boxes in the greater games industry. And there are a lot of people who say, well, loot boxes aren't a big deal because you can choose to not buy them. You can choose not to spend money on microtransactions. But the fact of the matter is, we know gambling addiction is a real thing. There are mm -hmm. billboards up in most cities surrounding casinos for gambling addiction helplines. So the, the fact that we'll acknowledge it exists whenever it comes to casinos, but we won't acknowledge that that is a possibility with loot boxes. Just, it shows how, I guess, fickle society can be. Oh, absolutely. I mean, all you're really doing at the end of the day there is exploiting a human weakness. A weakness where you know that when the odds are in your favor, but you could tempt them, they will keep on coming back and throwing everything they have into that system. Whether you're a casino, whether you're a loot box, whether, I don't know, you're a local lottery, it preys on this weakness that's already inside of us, and it's really 
scummy behavior. Like, I don't think we should be supporting it at all. Sure, you have the choice not to, but even leaving it there is sort of like being like, hey, I got this cancer growing out of me, but, you know, I choose just to leave it alone. Not really how it works. And that's, uh, I think that just refers back to the greater underlying societal problem with addressing mental illness in general and can lean into workaholism like you said with with this sort of stuff like there there should at least be some kind of of standard for like if if you're scheduled for 40 hours and you work more than 80 hours in a week then you you just have to be sent home actually now that i think about it that is a thing in uh over the road truck drivers with uh with truck drivers they are legally not allowed to work more than so many hours in a day if you run sure, out of a, hours it, you just have to pull over to the side of the road and go to bed and uh, i get that it's a safety thing you know especially if you're hauling a couple tons of freight down a highway and we're just talking about people in an office being productive for the sake of their product like especially in a triple a company you would think that somebody would be stepping in and saying hey don't do that yeah is it you're you're endangering possibly the the viability of your own product by doing that because somebody who's sleep deprived and has been working 20 hour days like they're not necessarily going to put out the same quality stuff that if they actually had gotten eight hours of sleep the night before no and not only that but they're endangering the people around them if they commute to work, that's a risky situation. Yeah. Like it, there's there's a lot of culture I think that's revealed not necessarily just about Rockstar here, but about most of American society whenever it comes to reactions to this sort of stuff. And it it's interesting too to think that there are a lot of people who react as going, "Well, this is terrible." We should be changing this, but these are the same people who, whenever Red Dead is delayed for another six months because they started enforcing uh, work quotas, then they're they're going to be pissed off because how dare they delay the game again? Yeah, people are always going to do that. Uh, what was it, Miyamoto, who said that you know a good game takes time? Somebody at Nintendo did. Yeah, somebody. Maybe it was a Wada, but that's that's very much a standard for good art. If you rush it, it's gonna show. Yeah, and that's that's another thing that is interesting with, especially in regard to the games industry that we see Nintendo, where maybe it's just because they're Japanese and they don't. Nobody really <laughs> complains about having ridiculously long work hours and. A lot of yeah, stuff. talk about our work culture. The Japanese, it's like <laughs> considered respectable if you pass out at work because of how you know just on the stone you're being, just yeah. chipping away at it. Uh, but uh, I do wonder though, like maybe Nintendo has some better work ethic, and if so, that would be pretty interesting. Considering I don't think that they've they haven't really ever put out a game that's bad. Some of them aren't as good as others, but nothing nothing that's been supremely disappointing, as far as I'm sure, aware. Sure, I, I would say they earned their Nintendo seal of quality. That's that's fair. Yeah, so I I'm, I wonder how, 
how that goes with them because they're also that is uh what was it I- Iwata was the one that like whenever uh they didn't meet sales expectations instead of taking it out on the developers Iwata just took a pay cut like mm-hmm. it's it's a whole different culture with that stuff in more ways than one do you think it's a better culture cuz i sort of am leaning on that way a it's not disciplining the people who are just you know working and following orders but b it really reinforces their entire structure like if there's going to be one pillar of support for this entire place and you know everything's not coming out as satisfactory that central pillar is the one that feels the weight it's a pretty good way to make sure things change for the better yeah because you punish the guy who ultimately has to make all the decisions like uh, that's going to be way more effective than punishing the guys who are just following the orders of that guy so yeah uh I don't, I, I don't think there's much of anything else to say here other than just uh, Japan is better than us in every way, as usual. Sure. Uh, this discussion got ignited by an IGN article that we picked up. In the article, they mentioned some pretty outlandish things like the Hauser leader, uh, the, the team lead of the, the writing department. Maybe it's the art department, whatever. But he's basically exclaiming, you know, hey, this is our team that we expected to be doing this. Uh, he's quoted as saying, we obviously don't expect anyone else to work this way. So that's sort of a double-ended sword in its own way, because they're acknowledging that this is ludicrous that this is happening, but they're not really demonizing it or, you know, associating it with something that they don't want their company to stand for. But should it be the case that a company needs to basically work its employees like mules to get a product that they're satisfied with? No, it it probably shouldn't be, but that is... But uh, hey, here we are. We live in a society, after all. We... We live in a society. Uh, so, yeah. Um, that it? I'm done with it. I already closed the tab. All right. Sounds good to me. Uh, what are we? What are Speaking we... of closing tabs, uh, you know, and other just general security issues like not keeping websites logged in if you're still there. Hackers access released records of 75,000 people in governmental health insurance system breach. Healthcare.gov itself was unaffected. Hey, I'm Connor. Ever feel like when you're reading something? (laughs) I'm Connor. I'm socially excited. You're going to have to take the lead on this. I'll do the segue though. Yeah, I I got the segue. You just got to do all the rest of the work. (laughs) Uh... And now that I now that I screwed up the flow of that, uh, yep, government got hacked. What a surprise! Yeah, big shocker. Yep. Um, haven't we kind of been saying that people should fix this sort of stuff since Obamacare issues started arising, and then nothing happened? Yeah. Well, what do you know? The government didn't do something to protect its citizens again. Right. Well, we just... also know that hackers breached a government healthcare system earlier this week compromising the personal data for 75,000 individuals, according to the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. The data was taken through a system used by insurance agents and brokers. Again, shocker, they're not plugging their holes. It's it's their end that was susceptible. So it sounds like if it was, yeah, it's the direct enrollment. So it was like an API that they exploited by the sound of it. That's interesting. API critical failures. Didn't we just Google see a lot of this happening, Google? (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, and and it, it does go to show that even even the the most secure companies like Google can fuck up. And if Google can fuck up, you damn know that the government can. Because they don't know what the fuck they're doing at all. No. Not at all. No. Uh, so, you know, at least uh, they're going to notify everybody who was affected uh, and give them free credit protection, like always happens with this sort of thing. Hopefully they won't uh, make you sign away your rights to sue them if uh, anything That's bad happens. That's almost certainly gonna be the case, though. Why wouldn't it be the case? Yeah, yeah. So, at least, uh, at least they're doing something instead of just going... Yeah, well, maybe you shouldn't have uh, gotten health care. You think about that? See, I'm also sort of surprised that that's not what they're doing as well, because that absolutely sounds like a current just leadership and policy in a nutshell for you. I, I could see, I could see Donald Trump tweeting out like, "Lots of people got hacked because of the of, of Obama. Obama should have made a more secure health care system." <sighs> this. I, I'm. I mean, I don't think it's any secret that I'm the least politically inclined of our our ragtag group of three here. But the things that I think that are just going to go to hell because of our current system of government, the people sitting in chairs they shouldn't be in, I am genuinely worried. Yeah. It is all crumbling around us, man. We just have to hope that uh, the rampant advertising for voting actually works and gets young it's, people to... No, it's it's not gonna work. Nothing will change. Yeah, I, I know. Ultimately, it doesn't even matter if, if the Democrats were to win. It, it's no, so... because it's the same bullshit. It, we're, yeah. we're, we're leaning so heavily on a two-party system which ultimately focuses on just one person or one branch, and it's supposed to be an equal show of powers, and I get this. And I'm really glad Nathan's here, because it's about this time he would really, you know, make it apparent that I don't know government nearly as well as he does. But why? Why are we just having one person with that much power? Why? It's it's almost like our government system was made, like, over 200 years ago, and nobody's really wanted to touch it because that would be anti-American. Well, America kind of sucks. Do you want to make it great again? Maybe we should just make it great for a start. Yeah. Maybe, burn it down and start fresh. Maybe we should consider, like, maybe the Constitution's a little outdated, you know? Maybe the Constitution's just a little, a little outdated. You know, we could ratify one or two of the amendments of the Constitution whenever we see it fit, but we can't just decide that the whole thing was a mess up. What are you going to do? Say that people from 300 years ago had bad thought ideas? That, yeah, that their I mean, brains weren't as good at contemplating what the future was possibly going to look like? I mean, no other country has ever thrown out their entire governmental system and rewritten the entire thing. It not, doesn't happen all the time. No, never. Like, it's, it's not like it's, literally every other country in the world has done that except for us. Ev- every society. All of them. America hey, really you know, is behind we're, everybody we're else in like, every way, isn't it? Yeah. When I was in high, junior high school, geez, was the comparison that we're still like the rowdy teens of the major world powers. Yeah. And I, I've never agreed with it more than I do now, I guess. But we we better grow the fuck up fast because things are getting bad. 
Yeah, it really, uh, it, this administration definitely just goes to, goes to show that you're not always the good guys, no matter how much you think you are. Well, speaking of, uh, the medical industry in the United States, uh, the medical industry in, in Europe could be doing better. Uh, there's measles outbreaks in Europe. And yeah, I know, oh. this is usually like a tech and gaming podcast, but you know what? Vaccinate your kids, you fucking retards. He's not wrong. He's a little vulgar, but he's not wrong. <laughs> like, uh, apparently there have been 41,000 cases of measles in Europe so far this year. 40 people have died because of measles. Probably babies. But, but what if they had autism instead? Come on. Could you live with yourself if that was the case? <laughs> I'd have so much trouble living with an autism baby instead of a dead baby. Actually, that's true. Is that is uh, that actually what the anti-vax movement is about? It's it's just like nobody wants to raise an autism kid. Wouldn't you rather they just die? I mean, it's marketed that way. I think a lot more of it is probably that they just don't trust government or you know big pharma putting needles inside of them. So a part of me is just a teeny tiny, a little bit anti-vaccination. And I know that it's more like, you know, I don't necessarily think the flu shot every, every year is a good idea, specifically because I think our body's being able to fight something off and being able to find the way to do that on its own is sort of how our immune system works. Yes, vaccination, uh, vaccinations are great because they give you weakened forms of that and it allows your body to kind of do it in a slow process. But if you're a young, healthy person, getting sick is not the worst thing for you. Wait, really? Uh, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but our immune system needs to be able to know how to fight stuff off in order to get good at fighting stuff off. Yeah, Everything that, you throw at it's dead. That, that's what that's what vaccinations do, bro. Yeah. And for some things, I certainly do think we should be vaccinated. Things like measles, you know. You know what polio. happens when measles is in polio? Yeah, I, I, maybe we should just bring back the black lung. I think, you know, <laughs> instead of big coal, we should get those factories back up and running. You know, real American jobs for all of our children who, because we didn't, well, Europe's children, I guess, because who, instead of vaccinations, we wanted to get their business back up. Uh, um, so this a is a weird tangent that ends with the moral of the story being, Europe, you done goofed. Yeah. There's um there there's a lady in the article uh who was pregnant and uh whenever she was a kid they didn't have compulsory measles vaccines. So she never had gotten measles but was vulnerable to it. And uh she ended up getting the measles as she was about to have her kid and uh whenever she had her kid uh, she had measles in her eyes. She was blind temporarily. Mm. So, you know, um, she got lucky that she got the measles and went, oh, fuck. I guess maybe my kids should have the measles vaccine because I don't want them to go blind. Or die. Or die. Yeah. So, yeah, just uh, put it out there. Maybe maybe don't worry so much about the, the autism. And if if you don't want to raise an autism baby, don't reproduce, you fucking monkey. That's, that really is what it comes down to. Don't reproduce. Stop brooding. 
Yeah, that's 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 really the Your best. Your shitty jeans aren't gonna make a difference. That's the that's the best solution. The 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 final solution is uh, don't reproduce. Oh, we here on the Nathan Entertainment uh, Entertainment Podcast sure are crazy about our final solutions. Aren't we? <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, Nathan, Nathan's gonna be like, we're, we regret to inform you that you've been removed and banned from iTunes. <laughs> well, um, I don't know. Uh, removed. Speaking in- and removed and banned. Did you hear that the internet's been reacting to the Crunchyroll and Funimation breakup? That was like uh, that was the article I was gonna go for, but uh, how do you how do you segue into that? Um, uh, by crashing it into the pole and walking in like nothing happened. Seems so like for the past two years, Crunchyroll and Funimation have been sharing anime broadcasts via their cross licensing deal. Uh, apparently, according to Variety, that agreement's over. Yeah, and if you're using Crunchyroll and or Funimation, that's a bummer. So basically, um, Funimation. Uh, a little over two years ago, had a streaming service called Funimation something or other. No one cares. Uh, it was and- a really weird choice, but <laughs> their marketing team was like, no, trust us. Meanwhile, the anime streaming service that everyone paid for and used, and I specify paid for because everyone actually just uses Kiss Anime and pirates all the anime they want to watch, but if they did pay for anime, they watched it on Crunchyroll, um, they were missing out on all of Funimation's anime, which, if you're not familiar, means things like Dragon Ball Z, and I think, uh, the more popular one right now is My Hero Academia. Um, I also think they're probably producing English translation of One Punch Man. Uh, so, yeah, it was a pretty big deal that you couldn't get all of those Funimation shows through Crunchyroll, especially since most people just wanted to watch the subbed version of the anime anyway and didn't give a shit about Funimation's typically mediocre to good uh, English dubs. So a cool thing that happened a couple years ago, uh, after Funimation's streaming service failed to catch on, they got a deal together with Crunchyroll where... You could watch all of Funimation's anime on Crunchyroll, subbed, and then if you wanted to watch the dubbed versions, you had to pay for Funimation's streaming service. But at least you could watch the sub stuff on Crunchyroll, which is the superior version in every case except for DBZ. I really like the English dub of DBZ purely because of, uh, of nostalgia. Sure, sure, I can understand that. So... Now I I get why they segregate their marketing like that. It sounds like you're paying for voice actors in part, or at least the the ability to license that shit out. Oh yeah, but that yeah. split isn't helping any of the people involved in this situation. At least it doesn't seem like it. No, not at all. Um, there was also a, a another streaming service called Verve that just kind of popped up out of nowhere uh, last year. I think is whenever they started blowing up. Uh, they're kind of a streaming amalgamation service where, like, you pay for Verve and you get, like, you get some YouTube shows and you get some anime and you just, it's all over the place. But Crunchy, or, uh, Funimation is pulling out of all that stuff because Sony just bought into them hardcore. 
And uh, Sony's actually the company that they partnered with to make that Funimation streaming service in the first place. Uh, so I guess Sony's like, we need that anime money. So fuck you, Crunchyroll and Verve. And everyone's pretty upset about that, understandably, because I'm be honest, I don't have any desire to pay for another streaming service, especially just for Funimation's anime, because they don't have a whole lot that I really would give a shit about. Dragon Ball and My Hero Academia are like the only ones I can even think of that, that matter. Dragon Ball is over at this point. So I don't know what they're thinking in doing this. And I mean, I mean, I will say it's over, but it's still very popular. I would even go out on a limb and say that, you know, I don't I know anything about My Hero Academia, but things like Dragon Ball, they're probably never not going to be really popular. If you can at least get a bottleneck on that, you're probably guaranteed a little bit of income each month. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, hell, I'm I'm still watching Dragon, like the original Dragon Ball right now. I mean, I'm not paying for it like these suckers who are getting their shit through Sony, but it's still relevant, at least in my life. Why why wouldn't it be in others? Yeah. Well, um, trying to see if there's anything else in here. Something about High Dive... Oh, oh, I guess that's another another streaming or service or whatever. It's just another service. Why? Uh, okay, whoever cracks down and finally comes up with a way to get the most services all in one place, they're going to be the one who wins. And they that keep was on segregating their services, and I don't get it. It's open the big dog. That's kind of what VR Verve VRV. However, it sounds yeah, it sounds like that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, and that that was that was what they're going for. I I think this is another case of Sony not really knowing what they're doing whenever they're trying to break into a market segment, uh, kind of like <laughs> they did with the game streaming thing. Yeah, exactly. They bought... The problem is Nintendo's never done this before, so they don't know whose marketing ideas to steal from. <laughs> that's that's exactly what it is. So, um. Yeah, and this this kind of comes back to a thing that uh, we talked about a couple of weeks ago, where it's it's yet more segregation on the streaming market that is only going to end up encouraging piracy. That's that was, exactly what it's doing. It's fucking idiots. Yeah, my my so counterproductive. My immediate reaction to this was, well, I guess sites like Kiss Anime are going to become more prominent again. Because everything anybody wants to watch on Funimation, they're just going to pirate now. Because no one wants to pay for both Crunchyroll and Funimation. Like, I, I, I steal, I guess, I share a Crunchyroll account with a friend of mine. But at least one of us pays for it. Because how else am I supposed to watch my JoJo other than pirating it? And I, I don't want to pirate it because I like JoJo. And I want them to have money. But, but they sure aren't making it convenient for you to do so, are they? No. Um, and then, like, Funimation, I actually, after watching the trailer for uh, the the My Hero uh, Switch game, the fighting game, I was like, you know what? I'm actually kind of interested now. And now I couldn't watch it on Crunchyroll if I wanted to, because it's not there anymore. So now if I want to watch it, I'm going to end up pirating it. 
Good Do job. Do you think that was Sony's plan all along, is to hurt the sales of a Switch game? <laughs> I, I don't know what their plan I'm, I'm is. Just, I'm following the money, and that's where it leads me. <laughs> we'll just, uh, we'll just make, make we'll the product... We'll put a pin in that, and we'll check on it in like a month. We'll make, we'll make our products so undesirable that they'll fail on opponents' platforms, and that will make us win in the end. That's, it is that's the so greatest system to play on. <laughs> Especially now that you can play with your friends in some games. But, the, you know, they're really fighting it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's a whole other argument. Play, that PlayStation is times. the place to play, uh, n- at least now, that you can actually play with other people. Uh, well, um, you want to talk about old ass uh thought processes and shit i don't know winamp <laughs> <laughs> it whips llamas in the ass uh it's coming back for some reason hey there can i just interrupt you for one one quick second here what's that TechCrunch is a shitty website yeah <laughs> it really is i uh you might have noticed that um, almost all the, all the other articles are Verge articles, and that is pretty much because The Verge is one of the only tech sites I actually read on a regular basis. Uh, one of the main reasons for that is that TechCrunch's site is garbage, and we'll just keep commenting on that every single time we read a TechCrunch article until it's they fix so it. so unusable. This is bad. Alright, like, so when when you release this episode, I'm gonna find out who owns Tech Crunch TechCrunch. I'm gonna I'm just gonna include them on a tweet. I'm gonna make it a thing so they, they can at least be aware of it. It used to be so bad. It used to be used AOL to be right. that owned them, I mean. Oh yeah. Um well I'm not gonna tweet AOL because they're probably still on broadband. It'll take them a few days to get back to me. You mean dial up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> pre broadband. Right. Um but anyway, uh, you, you, you talk about pre-broadband shit. Uh, oh, that's TechCrunch's former parent company, AOL. That's interesting. Because, yeah, uh, actually, AOL used to own uh, Winamp. Oh, uh, really? Yep. Uh, and they actually say in the, in the article, Now, I'm a Winamp user myself, and while I've been saddened by the drama through which the iconic MP3 player and the team that it created have gone at the hands of TechCrunch's former parent company, AOL. I can't say I've been affected by it in any real way. Um, and yeah, yeah, Winamp was like, was like the MP3 player for a long time. And its main claim to fame was its incredible amount of customizability. You could do damn near anything with skins in Winamp. I know one that was really popular that I saw a lot was like it was like a head, mm-hmm. and I had all, that one. Yeah, all the buttons were on the on the head, and like yeah, but yeah. Cranium extended so you could see all the shit in there. It's really iconic. Yeah, it, it was amazing, and apparently, uh, whoever owns them now looks like some Indian guy. I don't know. Uh, they uh. They're going to make a new Winamp that ties together all your your podcasts and your music libraries and your all that shit. Um, oh, it's Radionomy. 
Radionomy owns them. That's right. I forgot about that. Uh, yeah. So that's pretty cool. If they can, if they can do something interesting, like have it to where if you have Spotify Premium or Google Music Premium stuff like that, and you can you can tie all that together with your local music library in one client, that'd be pretty fucking nice, and would kind of be a a callback to the old days of whenever you only had one really nice piece of software that could do everything instead of having to have one product for each individual thing you want to do. You know, I'm noticing a little bit of an echo in themes here uh, between this story and our last one. Yeah, I, I realized that as I was saying it. So, hey, uh, Winamp, if you want to step up to the plate and really give it a shot, I give you, you know, Godspeed, man. All the best of luck to you. Maybe you should get into anime streaming, too. <laughs> That's right. Just Winamp will become that the savior which we needed. Win anime. Winamay. Winamay. Oh. It's the llama in a cat suit. Are cat suits things from anime? I don't know. I don't watch anime. Well, not cat suits, just the ears. Yeah, I was thinking more like that or yeah, I, I guess really what I was thinking was like launch whenever Nick, she goes crazy you're thinking, mode. You're thinking of Nico Nicolama. Just yeah, just make sure it's the Winamp Lagama and marketing will just do itself. Uh PC software uh lines up with uh two other stories. I don't know. Either the Steam VR one or the crowdfunding products. Uh let's do the Steam VR one. I'm good at segueing. Uh so Steam VR they're uh they're putting out a new feature for all you poor people who somehow have a VR headset but not good enough hardware to actually run it. Which I guess now that I say that I had a 780 for a little while, so I would have been able to use this. Uh reminds me of back when I was a kid, really just in junior high school getting World of Warcraft, knowing full well that I wasn't going to be doing that monthly subscription thing, but just having it, you know, I can get how people can be in that station. You know, like while they're waiting for their upgrade, and Steam VR is trying to make it so you don't need to wait as long. Yeah. So basically, they're using the same kind of tech that uh, smart TVs use to turn uh, 30 frames per second footage into 60 frames per second footage. And honestly, that shit makes me like motion sick almost. So I hope that this works better than that. But Especially in a VR headset. I mean, I know exactly the effect you're talking about where everything just seems like it's sliding almost. Yeah, it's it's like everything is turned into soap opera footage and it just bad, looks yeah. bad. Um, it takes some time to get used to. I have seen it like um, I watched Ponyo on one of those TVs and it looked really good on an animated cartoon. <laughs> but you watch like real world footage of it and it looks it's just it's unsettling. It's like staring into the uncanny valley. I will admit I've never seen anything animated with that with that setting turned on. I, I would be interested to see how that worked. Maybe that would make it work a little better in VR since everything will be like 3D animated instead of three uh, actual footage. But I don't know. A possibility. Uh just because I've used VR headsets, I can't imagine it working out well. I feel like that would just be exactly like you said. I feel like that would just be nauseating. Yeah, or if, at the very least, it would take you out of the experience. Uh, sure. I know that. Well, nevertheless, I'll oh, go ahead. Well, like Fallout Four does some 
some motion interpolation or something that I think is supposed to make things work more smoothly, but it it takes me out of it every time I notice it happening. Or like there's this weird motion blur that happens with with some things, and I, I would kind of be worried that that's what this is going to end up looking like, or or it would have the same effect where it just takes you out of it. And VR kind of needs you to have that immersion to work as well as it as it can. Oh, for sure. The VR is the whole uh, the immersion is the whole point of VR. Yeah, and. It, I do think that there's something to be said for VR just providing an alternate means of interacting, but yeah, ultimately the the immersion factor is the is the big selling point. So personally, that's why I think AR is going to kick off, you know, in a way like we ain't even ready for. Yeah, if, <laughs> that's just not the cyberpunk lover in me speaking out. I really it, want it to happen. Yeah, if if uh, if tech like the Magic Leap can can work out the way that it should eventually not with the initial version the initial version supposedly mediocre then yeah i guess i can see that that uh you don't have all of the all the issues that you have with vr with uh with ar it pretty much just needs to be able to track a space or a, a, a location in 3d space and that's about it and I don't understand why these people aren't willing to just balance an a, a Xbox Connect on the bridge of their glasses. Like it could be done. You just need to make some sacrifices in your comfort. Yeah, I mean, I, I would I would be willing to do that. Give me a Hololens, Microsoft. <laughs> just For, honestly, I would I would try it. It would be awesome. <laughs> if I if I uh, if I was single, um, and like was given a house by my rich father, I would totally have a hollow lens even though it doesn't work all that well supposedly uh, just... if i was single and had a, a small billion dollar loan from my father i would have a hollow deck in my house well let's, let's get let's get everything straight here <laughs> you just just uh you just have a hollow lens and like just have cables all around the house that you can keep plugging yourself in as you walk around and just uh and just have it everywhere I sort of want that to be the future. Yeah. It's, I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be a really cool, awesome, awesome future experience. If we can ever figure out how to do wireless power without giving people cancer, like, instantly, uh, I think I think we can have that. We'll but, get there. I, I hear a lot of promising things about graphene, as we have been since, like, I don't know, 2012 or something like that. Yeah. We just we just gotta give it time. We'll get there. Well, uh, talk. Okay, here's a here's a good segue. Uh, promising developments in technology. That's like the name of the game with crowdfunding. And they're making a crowdfunded store, crowdfunding store. Sort of. I guess that's a way you could put it. In St. Louis, which is uh, where I work. So that's Are pretty you gonna cool. Go there? I, yeah, even though it's in it's in West County Mall, which is interesting because I'm pretty sure if that's the place I'm thinking of, that used to be the Mills. That place has been dead uh, for a while. Let's see, it's in. Uh, 
Little did they know that abandoned shopping districts were breeding grounds for <laughs> bullshit hipster startups like these. Uh, I shouldn't say they're bullshit. It's you know they're trying. Oh, it it has uh, it has an Apple store in it still. So I I just don't think. Oh, it's over in Clayton. Oh, oh, it's that place. Okay, yeah, that that place isn't mad at all. Yeah. Um. So that's cool. Uh. Yeah. So it's it's gonna be a store that sells products that came from sites like Kickstarter and Indiegogo, and uh, you you made the excellent statement earlier that, that it's basically an as seen on TV store, but for millennials. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's all the stuff you never knew you didn't want. Yeah, uh, that's honestly one of the best ways of summing up what crowdfunding products as a whole have kind of become and maybe what they always were but that's definitely a state of things now it's just like all this weird shit that really wouldn't work as just an off-the-shelf product like they're all in their own weird little category that doesn't really fit with traditional retail stuff like it it's uh it's the they're all super niche yeah it's the the flex tape kind of kind of market where like you're you're never going to buy that product until you see somebody using it to pull a truck or something basically and, doing something products were probably designed from the place of you know these people fixed a problem that they're sure they weren't the only person having that problem it's it's the root of creativity sure i just think it's weird that that's where our marketing interests are going and you know, as time goes down, we're not creating these big stores that have everything you need in it. We're now literally getting to places where that one specific thing you need can be found. You just got to go to the manufacturer directly. Yeah. And, and now the, the things like, like Chinese manufacturing is accessible to companies with sub million dollar valuations. Like, like now, now that you can, you can get in on that. Like it's, it's pretty exciting. Uh, th- uh, 3D printing. The trade wars put an end to all that. Well, and yeah. 3D printing is changing the game. Yeah. Uh, now that you can, you can get a decent 3D printer for around 100 bucks now. It's kind of amazing. So I yeah. say, looking at mine, which I can't fix assembling right now. I'm real <laughs> frustrated. They, uh, I think they forgot to give me a part, and I'm not sure how important that part is. But I don't want to just skip it and hope for the best <laughs> I, uh, I i emailed a buddy who made one and i showed him the exact step i'm on and i was like what the fuck's going on here uh to give more detail than i need to the instructions are like make sure that the opening is clear using an allen wrench I stick the allen wrench in there and there's really obviously you know a 3d printed piece that doesn't have an end so i either got a bad piece or the guide is out of date or, but it's it's i'm just really frustrated with it i want to build my 3d printer man <laughs> Wait, is it is it a 3D printer with 3D printed parts? Yes, my 3D printer is assembled using 3D printed parts. That's kind of incredible. Yeah, well, Prusia, the company I bought this from, they're like, yeah, I built this. Uh, you should build it too, so I made it all open source. That's amazing. I got a lot of respect for it. What, what honestly, that was one of the reasons I, I invested in it, is because I respect that move a lot. You said it was Prusia? Prusia. Uh, I think Turkey or 
Morocco? I don't remember where the guy's from. Maybe Czech Republic. Czech Republic sounds right. But he's somewhere in Europe, and he's just an engineer, an inventor, or something like that. And he nailed his product down. He's had a couple of generations on it. This is the the Mark III. I mean, it's just the more that he... Just the fact that he made it open source, it's been making it more and more just certifiably good. Interesting. I have to look at that. My uh, a library around here will let you use their three D printer. Just all you have to do is pay for the material. So it'd be interesting if I could just get the necessary non three D printed parts and then have the library make the rest. I wonder how inexpensive that would be compared to buying a buying one at the at the Amazon's. Anyway, uh, to, to clarify, there are non three D printed parts as well, like the extruders. Well, yeah, something yeah, I had to build. You know, there's a motherboard I have to install, but a lot of the, the like the framing and stuff like that, something's wrong with it. Just three D print another one. Yeah, that's that's really amazing. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's that's the innovation of our generation so far has been crowdfunding as a whole. Uh, you can donate to my to my Patreon. I don't. Uh, it's not turned on. I do have a coffee account. I don't know if you've seen that. See, uh, I heard of, I'm kind of familiar with coffee. The dude I do the other podcast with made one, and he's like, "Well, it's great. People can just donate small amounts of money to you." And I was like, "Yeah, I nobody's like going to do that. Nobody's going to do that." I I did give three dollars to to one girl because uh, she lost. You, you cut out there. She I what? sure, I sure did. I saw that. Uh, I, she lost her job, and uh, I, I reblog a lot of her stuff on Tumblr. And then I, I, she was like, "Please donate to my coffee if you can." I don't have a job right now. And then uh, I went on there. And I was like, "Whoa! I thought this was a guy this whole time, and it's a cute girl." So then I gave her three dollars because I'm a disgusting pig. Well, you should be ashamed of yourself for helping somebody who's in dire straits. Yeah, I really should, because my motivation was that she's a 3D QT. <laughs> so, uh, hmm? speaking of 3D QTs, did you hear that another U.S. Intel chief <laughs> cast down on the Chinese spy <laughs> chip story? <laughs> oh, you know, you know that, that cute... Chinese government, always, uh, and that that who okay, what is the name of the the intel chief? Uh, that Kawaii Dan Coates, who told <laughs> CyberScoop that he has yet to see any evidence to corroborate the claims that Chinese spies compromised the critical U.S. health tech infrastructure following a report by Bloomberg earlier this month. Ugu, and then he did like a magical girl transformation. It was wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the government's really weird site. nowadays. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I, you said, you don't think we've talked about this in previous podcasts, and I'm pretty sure we haven't. Uh, basically, the story came out of Bloomberg uh, a few weeks ago now, maybe over a month ago now, uh, that China somehow covertly installed spy chips, as they said, in a lot of technology manufactured in China that was then sent over here. Um, and my recollection of the gist of the article was like, it was, they, they were mainly put in like networking equipment and stuff like that. And then they would capture data 
and then send all that back to China. Nothing about it made a whole lot of sense to me. Because I don't know how that would work exactly. I feel like anyone worth their salt would be able to like do some packet sniffing and see where stuff is going. Like, I'm not the best in network security, but I'm pretty sure we could find out if a device is like, hey, here's an IP address in China that I want to send these packages to. Yeah. Packets to, whatever. Yeah, and like the, the whole idea of, of a, a magic chip that can somehow capture data and, and send it back without being detected by anything along the way, it just sounds like, like soft sci-fi to me. Sure, sure. Just because electronics are complicated. Very, very complicated. And something that's drawing more voltage than what it was designed for or, or something like that could, could destroy an entire circuit, like an entire product, because mm-hmm. of... of they're very specifically designed, especially small electronics that are made for, for sense, like each individual component on a board, which is, which is everything nowadays. Everything is microprocessors now. Yeah. Every component on a board is very specifically chosen because it is the cheapest and most effective option for that particular situation. So just slapping a magic chip on there that can somehow read data. Just, it's not, it's not easy. Now, I, I could say that if this was an actual state-sponsored thing, and that somehow, uh, nowhere along the line of, of quality assurance were the American companies looking at the products that were coming out and going, Hmm, there's a strange chip that isn't part of, of the design. Oh, well. Like, like... <laughs> <laughs> No, nothing about that makes any sense. And yeah, how how far do you actually think they get with this implementation where somebody raises an eyebrow? Do you think it's post installation? Like they put it on the <laughs> network? No, they 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 put it in their their virtual test network and it and it doesn't send any packets there. And they're like, okay, well that's fine. They release it and then somebody for some reason at that time is like, oh by the way, let's run Wireshark on it. What is going on here? Yeah, like, <laughs> any. They're gonna catch that before this becomes an issue, right? Like, now, I, I uh, now you mentioned that we haven't spoken to this about this specific issue before, but we've certainly had similar issues in the past. Do you think this could be just a little bit of McCarthyism at play? A, a little bit of there are enemies in a made-up war, and if we could <laughs> do anything to get motivations more on the the patriotic side, the stay-at-home, buy American side, oh. are they gonna jump on it? Are you are you saying that like somebody in the American government paid this Bloomberg reporter to write an article about this thing that's happening that doesn't actually make any sense? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't have any real impact on anything, but it's got a big scary article heading in a, in a magazine that people who pretend that they matter like to subscribe to. Hmm. That's a. Do you think a- I'm on to something here? That that is a that is an interesting insight. I do wonder if that could be something. Cause yeah, there were they've been uh, the the people that or whoever wrote this article, they've kind of been shot down by just about everybody at this point. And I guess kind of the beautiful thing about it, if this was some kind of of 
insurgents by our own government. Uh, the thing about that is that you're not going to necessarily trust the statements of anybody involved. Because, of course, sure, we- a- Apple and Amazon are going to be like, no, there are no spy chips in our servers. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, of course, well, it's just a part of the software. It doesn't need to be on the chip. It's yeah. part of the operating system. Yeah, that's that's very and true. For the, and for that matter, we don't necessarily have any reason to trust Director of National Intelligence Dan Coates either. You're right. But, but he, uh, I sort of want to lean on them towards Amazon slash Google slash whoever. Yeah. I, I, maybe, I, that's, maybe, maybe that inherently isn't too good either. Maybe we shouldn't be trusting these people whose job it is to do these things that we put responsibility into them to do. It's it's all a very, very strange situation because nobody involved is really all that trustworthy, and and yet like at the end of the day, the, this whole concept does doesn't make any sense. Well, uh, are you afraid of China right now? I guess that's what it all really comes down to. Um, afraid of? I don't know if I would say I'm afraid of them. They rely far too much on our own uh, our own economic stimulus. Uh-huh. That that I cut out uh, a little bit right at the end, yeah. Okay, uh, yeah, they, they, they rely they, on their own something. Oh yeah, I'm uh, my my network connectivity is fix, taking a shit. Fix your network. Oh, did your dryer start again? No, I don't know what's going on. Uh yeah, I'm I'm dropping frames like a motherfucker and all that. Uh we're not on like the west side server, are we? Uh I I'm not an admin on It's stream. the Chinese. It's the, they they heard we were talking shit and here they are. I genuinely don't know what's going on there. Yeah, I'm well, I'm do you uploading need a second to fix yourself. I'm uploading it at 1 1 megabyte a second. Well, check your check your network activity. Maybe maybe better. somebody in in Tiananmen Square is bombarding you with a low orbit ion cannon. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah. This this is a good podcast. <laughs> You're not gonna edit any of this, right? This is going no up this. no. This is this is going up. Uh, straight up, I'm gonna switch over good. to the good podcast uh, sign. Um, <laughs> and where the fuck is my keyboard? It's on the floor. All right. Um, hopefully, I'm still logged what in. What happened? That sent your keyboard on the floor. Uh, I'm I'm stuck out in the living area of my basement because my my computer chair broke. Uh, so. I remember you talking about your computer chair like being soldered together for some reason. Yeah, I was. I was going. Uh, the some reason being the bottom was broken. I guess. Yeah, I was going going to try to do that, and it didn't uh, didn't work out. When I get on the when I get on the old traffic analyzer here. Uh. All right, taking all bets. All bets. Odds are twenty to one, China. All right, the wireless. Wireless isn't doing anything on the 2.4. The wireless on the 5 isn't doing anything. 
Um, holy shit. What is that? It's a, it's a process called CPU chip encryptor <laughs> slash packet signer. There was something uploading at 12 megabytes a second. Right? No, no other way. No? Outgoing packets to wired network. Yeah. What the hell? I think it's time to check your router. See where it's <laughs> manufactured at. <laughs> um, can I see what devices are doing this? It is. Now let's. I hate this fucking software. That's okay. Take all the time you need. <laughs> I mean, we were pretty much at the end anyway. I mean, are we still recording? Do you just want to end it? I am. I am still recording. So, yeah, we can we can do that. We didn't really have a whole lot else to say, right? No, I I think we pretty much toasted it. Um, McCarthyism slash I I don't know patriotic trade influencing to put it in the most formal way that I can think of. Bad. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't Don't trust. Don't trust anyone. Don't trust the government. Don't trust Apple. Don't trust Amazon. Don't trust Google. Don't trust yourself. Um, don't trust squeaky brakes. Squeaky brakes, definitely real bad. Yeah. Um, I mean, you really don't want to slam those, especially, you know, it's going to get colder. Things are going to get a little more sloshy. Really got to make sure that that's good. Um, don't trust... A... F- Mm, I, I got nothing coming to me that doesn't like proceed in the realm of potty humor. Uh, don't which, I mean, don't really... pay the ferryman. I won't pay the ferryman until he gets you to the other side. Uh, don't drink and drive. Re- really, just no fun allowed. I guess don't don't have fun. Yeah, that's. I think that, that's the best rule of thumb. Is uh, don't don't ever be happy. Because that will only destroy you in the end. Uh, don't talk to strangers, because they're only there to do you harm. It's true. Uh, yeah. I've been Cyberpunk Monk. You could find me on Twitter at Cyberpunk underscore Monk. You could find me at the Rollmongers podcast, uh, mostly on the Clinton Score Classics, uh, presenting Rise of the Rune Lords. I need to find a better way to introduce that because the three names thing is kind of getting old fast. <laughs> I'll probably be streaming sometime later this month. Um, I mentioned I'm working on a Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars mod that turns it into a more traditional JRPG. I want to get my 3D printer built before I start any more projects, though. So, you know, as soon as I get less frustrated, I'll do that. Where can we find you, Nathan, the, the Reeton Aroa? I'm on uh, Twitter at uh, Reeton. Uh, <laughs> uh, also at Aroa. And uh, I'm on Twitch right now. Uh, since since Nathan likes to advertise the platforms that he's already on, 
Um, yeah, you, you find me on Twitch uh, at this very moment at Aroma1337. And uh, I've got... I've I've been trying to mot- keep myself motivated to finish an article talking about a thing that seems to only be becoming more relevant, which is uh, the prevalence of splitting up streaming services and increasing privacy no- or uh, piracy numbers. Um, trying to trying to get an article going on that on uh, internetcalzone.tumblr.com. So. Yeah. So what sort of approach do you take? Like me, I like to go the conspiracy theory approach where like, okay, they know this is going to increase piracy, but they're also cracking down on net traffic and how we analyze that and who gets what. What if they're intentionally causing a boost in piracy to try to get them and then put them into their, their privatized prison system for profit? That's an interesting idea. Uh-huh. This, is, this, is, this, is why, this is why Connor's on this show. Because he knows, he knows the truth about the world. Not us, yeah. not us naive little babs who think that companies are only in it to to make us happy. He knows. You can't uh, see me right now because this is an audio presentation, but I'm doing that thing where I got my my fingers on my temple and I I look like I'm having a thought, <laughs> like like the meme from six months ago. Oh, yeah, the one with uh, the comedian that wasn't Eddie Murphy, but everyone thought it was Eddie Murphy. I remember people thinking it was Eddie Murphy <laughs> and being like, that's not Eddie Murphy, though. Well, well this has been a week. Yep. Uh, remember, we live in a society. Uh, uh, I guess you could go to readandentertainment.com if you really want to. Don't I wouldn't recommend that. it. No, I, it's... What Don't go do. on the comments and specifically say that Nathan Reetonsbruth is bad at video games. He definitely doesn't love it when you do that. Oh, uh, also check out my YouTube channel. Uh, I forgot I uploaded a video yesterday. Uh, was, was it the nugget one? It was, it was a chicken tendy one. <laughs> I, 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 um, I, so we're basically done with this podcast here, but I was really surprised that they aren't just marketing those as tendies. Because I think that would actually work pretty well. I know, right? Like, I, I mentioned in the video, like, McDonald's just doesn't understand what they're doing with America. Like, every other country gets this awesome shit, and then here we are in America, and the best we've got is barbecue nug- or barbecue tendies. I, I would call them sloppy tendies. They look like <laughs> sloppy tendies. <laughs> they, were, they were so gross, like, compared to any any other place, really. It's so quintessential McDonald's. Anyway, yeah, go watch that. Uh, I'm going to find out what strange Chinese spying equipment is installed on my network. So you guys have a good one. Goodbye. And and give it up for a row. He worked really hard on that opening music. I did. It took me three hours last night. I was up until five o'clock this morning uh, working in FL Studio Trial Edition. Uh, getting that made and I'm not satisfied with it but I had to go to bed anyway uh, so what watch anime <laughs> so, so what play league, league. we're just uh, f- um, and uh, white and nerdy you gotta catch me <laughs> riding dirty